devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail. I'm Rob Parkinson. And after last week's defeat against Hulkia, we're hoping that we're going to cheer all the Sofa fans up uh, with our little podcast. Joining us on the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. All right, pal. You have a, yeah, let's say you have a good week, but we got beat last week. Have you recovered? No, it's, it's a terrible week, mate. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, recovered now. I was a right miserable get on, on Saturday and Sunday, but, you know, you forgive and forget, don't you? I'm feeling better now. Yeah, you, you always forgive and forget your, your, your true love, which is... Which is Salford Red Devils. Join us on the show. Also, we've got Dan Robinson, right, Dan? Good evening, Rob. Good to be back behind the microphone. Always, pal, always. Okay, guess what happened today for me, Paul? Walking down the keys, part of my new healthy regime, the doctors put me on. I was walking down the the, the, the keys and, and two lads in front of me were talking about, as I know you had an experience a couple of weeks ago, one of our listeners recognising you off the YouTube. Um, and it was really good. They were walking along and said, one guy said to the other, said, have you listened to the, the Devil in the Detail podcast this week? And he went, the other guy went, yeah, it was pretty good. And he went, is it on Tuesdays or Wednesdays? And he said, oh, I don't know, sometimes they mix it up. And I'm like probably two steps behind him thinking, that's, not, that's me, that. And then obviously I got I got closer to him to think I could just tap him on the shoulder and go, yeah, thanks for listening, boys. And they did, and they sort of turned left and walked and carried on walking up the road. And I was like, wow. The first time it's ever happened to me that somebody I didn't know Sort of talking about our podcast, Paul, and it's, it's pretty amazing, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is yeah, it was, I was a bit embarrassed when that guy sort of recognised me, and I think he was sort of laughing at me, dodgy haircut, really. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's quality, that, isn't it? The, as well, and that's good, isn't it? So as long as it's something that people are enjoying, it's make, making it interesting and promoting the club, that that's all good, isn't it? Did you recognise him by any chance? No, I didn't. To be honest, I, I didn't. I was, it was weird because I thought it must have been one of them, obviously, sort of newer fans that have, that have come since the, the AJ Bell like, and I was like, could, could not believe you were talking about us, right? And I was right there. Another bit, another bit of uh, good news as well, a uh, good publicity for us actually. Lee Castap has nominated you as our as our most optimistic Salford fan, Paul. I know I, I'm obviously nicknamed the Optimist. That's my sort of uh, sort of nickname. But obviously, if you take that crown, that shows how much you you know you, you love the club, really. How did they work that one out? Just from he, me. Uh... Yeah. Right. He said he says tune in to look to the most optimistic Salford fan um, on this Devil in Detail podcast, and he was, he was talking about you. Well, I think you've got to be Rob, haven't you? At the end of the day, we all like love the club, don't we? And I've had like dream since I was like sort of five year old of us getting to Wembley and never goes away does it and you always believe that maybe that's going to be there someday and like I said before to you I mean you forgive and forget don't you you know you're going to be there the next week at Leeds and you know you'll be there the week after you know you'll be there next season I mean I'm one of them if you could buy a season ticket for the next 25 years you'd buy one wouldn't you because you know you're going to be there so you're just glutton for punishment aren't you but I don't know I don't know well, that's a nice, nice title to have, anyway. Yeah, you know, we'll get you like a little, little trophy or something to, to commemorate yeah. it. So, what, what have we got on the show this week, Paul? What's, what fun things we've got to look forward to? Yeah, we've got, um, well, we'll get rid of the bad stuff first. We've got a review of the old Kingston Rovers game. We've got the amateur report. We've got the news. Also, we're having a look at the Challenge Cup final this weekend between Warrington and Hull. Cool. So, what we'll do? We'll start with that uh, dreadful result against OKR on Friday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Red Devils took on Hull Kingston Rovers on Friday night and went down 29 points to 12. Paul, at the AJ Bell Stadium, a massive game for us, a must-need win 
needed by Salford, but it didn't quite come off, did it? No, it certainly didn't. And um, you know, okay, Harry didn't really. I didn't think they was outstanding. They just did the basics right. And it's like Ian Watson said in his press conference, the completion rate from them was good. And they just played sort of safety first rugby league, didn't they? And um, you know, we they might have errors we made and knocking on and. I don't know. They, they just didn't. They looked something uh, not right with it with the side. You know, they didn't see the right attitude from me on on Friday night. Yeah, they, they looked they looked um, sort of knackered. They looked they looked totally sort of engulfed by fear. Dan, obviously, you know it was a big big pressure game, and and obviously you know they they didn't perform, did they? No, they didn't. They, they looked very dejected. Uh, you know, the, the players sort of looked like they, they, there was, you know, the, the weight of the world on the shoulders, and and it is now. You know, it's a big ask for the players to to come out, and you know, we need four wins out of four. I know people are saying next Friday against Leeds that it doesn't count, but it does now because you know the league game losing that the way that we did, and okay, you know, full credit to Lee. I didn't think they were the better team all round on the day. And then, you know, Friday night, I think so much optimism coming into the game. I personally thought, coming up to the game, that we were going to give them a good hiding. I thought the players had, you know, worked hard during the week against, um, you know, after losing against Lee. They would have worked hard. They would have been really up for this game. And it would have been something that they could have proved that they are worth a Super League spot and they are worth the money that they're being paid, the players. But, you know, it was very lacklustre, very disappointing performance. Um, leading up to kickoff, I can remember watching the warm up and saying to a friend of mine, Chris, who came with me to the game, I said, "We don't look up for this at all." And after the game, we said, "You called it before, you know, kickoff that, you know, we didn't look really up for it. We looked like there was, you know, no sort of get up and go from the players, and and that counted throughout the game because you know, the you know, Hull KR deserved the win. They weren't great, but neither were we. Yeah. Uh, Salford's uh, starting lineup is O'Brien at fullback, Mason Caton Brown, Josh Griffin, Junior South, Greg Johnson, Rob Lewin, Michael Dobson, Luke Burgess, Logan Tomkins, George Griffin, Ben Merton Masala, Josh Jones, uh, Luke Fowler's Mark Flanagan. On the bench for Salford Devils was Wellaraki, uh, Felitti Matteo, Sean Kenny, and Craig Kopjack. Uh, Josh Jones back in the lineup, Paul. Uh, put, put a good other good performance in. Yeah, I don't know about that, Rob. I thought he struggled, really. Like Dan said, I thought there wasn't any good performances. He wasn't as effective as he was against Hull. Um, I thought he struggled a bit. I thought most of the players did. I thought there was a few players with quiet games. I thought Robert Louis had a quiet game. I thought Michael Dobson did well. I thought he was playing on his own uh, for, for much parts of the game. But Mark Flanagan did a lot of tackling. But there were certain players who, who didn't. They didn't. They didn't come out. They didn't. I don't know what. They, they didn't look up for it to me. There wasn't that intensity there that there was against Huddersfield. And I was expecting that going to the game. I remember saying to you, you in the week, you know, we, I did a bit of a bold prediction saying we'd get 40 points and I, I really expected that. I thought we're going to come out like after the league game, we'll come out like we did against Huddersfield and put things right. And, you know, it, it was a bit of a shock result really for me, a bit of a shock performance. Yeah. Obviously, let's have a look, quick look at the game. Let's get the Ryan Wilkinson um, bleeping machine ready. Um, okay, yeah, started first with a try uh, by Josh Mantillo in the corner, uh, Dan. Great hands across the the, the, the pitch and Solberg couldn't get across quick enough. Yeah, it was. You know, it was you know a good try for them right across the pitch. It was a good try, but you know I think it was very unorganised defence by ourselves. A lot of the fans could see it happening, and you know could see it coming, and they were going to score as they did. And yeah, you know going back to what Paul said, it was you know there's a few players that were very very disappointed in that game. Um, I think one player that really stood up that um, did really really well. Um, and for me, he should have started was Craig Kopjack. 
you know, he had um, a fantastic performance, uh, I thought. Um, you know, he, he looks. He was trying to jeer up some of the players to say, you know, come on, you know, fight with me, basically, because it was, it was, you know, a much-needed fight. And, you know, he, he, for me, stood out as he has done all season. And, you know, I think he was the only sort of good thing that came out of Friday night, to be honest with you fellas. Yeah, OK, I took a, a 14-point lead early, Paul. Uh, a try uh, also from James G- Greenwood uh, and a kick by Montelio, putting 14 points in front. Obviously, you know, big games like this, it's all about getting the points on the board. And, you know, our mountain became a bit of an Everest at that point, didn't it? Yeah, it did do with Mantle. That penalty, you know, 18 minutes gone, you're 14-0 down. And they were doing everything right, Hulkingston Rovers, really, weren't they? They were playing the right sort of tactics, getting the points. And I remember thinking, 14-0, I thought, I don't know whether I could see us coming back from this, you know, the way we were playing. And, um, yeah, they they weren't, they weren't sort of playing like an expansive game and cutting us to shreds. They were just doing the basic things, very workmanlike, but... You know, taking their opportunities, and that's something we've not done. I mean, we had a, we had a, we had a sack full of opportunities at Lee, and should have won that game. And, and likewise against Ulkar, we we got over the line countless times, made mistakes. I mean, we dropped the ball twice from two dropouts, and, and dropped the ball again from a kickoff. It was it was just poor, poor, and far too many errors. And you're not going to win a game when you're making that many errors. Yeah, I think with the errors, Paul, it's, it's you're kind of dealing with the pressure, obviously, in your big games like like there was on on Friday. You know, the first thing that goes is, is your technique in it, and you know, obviously the players were feeling that feeling the burn, weren't they, Dan? And you know, they, they coughed up a lot of ball, they made a lot of errors, and it made it even more harder, uh, you know, as the game went on, really. Yeah, they did, and like Paul said, it was it was unforced errors that were letting us down. You know, there was no real pressure there, was there? You know, especially on them dropouts. I mean, you know, the Greg Johnson one for me stood out like a sore thumb. You know, they kicked it forty-five meters out. All they had to do was catch it. There was nobody around him. There weren't even a sulphur player near him. And he just dropped it. And the, the thing that upset me the most about that was, even, you know, we were always taught as kids, if you drop the ball, jump on it straight away. And he sort of didn't. He sort of looked and he, he looked frustrated. And, and that was, his head sort of went then. You know, and he didn't have one of the better games, I thought. Um, I thought he was one of the worst players, actually, on the, the pitch, to be fair with you. And, yeah, there was just, there was just nothing was there. I think that's what a lot of fans were a bit disappointed at. You know, there wasn't many supporters that turned up for whatever reason they've got on themselves. You know, that's their choice. But, yeah, it was just, it was a very disappointing game. Yeah. Um, Salford, though, hit back uh, with a try uh, from Mason Caton Brown. Good hands across the field, Paul. A good <clears> ball <throat> by Robert Lewis sends uh, Caton Brown, Brown over in the corner. He went off injured later on in the game. Uh, he's going to be a big miss, uh, considering he might be out, he's out for the season, it sounds like. Yeah, I think he's played his last game for us, hasn't he? According to what we've read in the reports we're going to Wakefield, I don't think we'll see him again. It's a real shame because that was a fantastic... I've just watched the, uh, the the highlights on our video thing and it, what a great finish that was. And to be losing a player of his, you know, the quality that he's come back with after his injury, and that, I mean, it's, it's a real shame because he's, he's going to be a really exciting player, but that, that was a, a good try. And, you know, it, that did sort of uh, spring us into life a bit there, 20 minutes gone, and uh, O'Brien missed the goal, but we were just starting to, to get a bit of headway in the game, then, and obviously then we went and conceded that stupid try from a set scrum when Seal scored. Yeah, we talk about game management, Montelio kicks a penalty, uh, and then he converts a try from Ken Celio from a 40-20, Dan, that didn't look, didn't look like a 40-20 for me. Uh, well, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? You can give it, you can't give it. The referee and the touch judges were on, you know, on on decision that it was a forty twenty. But it's again for me, it's the the players needed to go right. Okay, he's kicked a forty twenty. We're in our own twenty. We've got a man up and and make sure we we keep him out. 
you know, a lot of games this season we've won purely on our defensive effort. We've put big hits in, we've kept teams out of our line, you know, we've we've forced, you know, errors on other other teams and on Friday we just didn't do that whatsoever and you know, I'll admit to you boys, I've never ever left a game early. I've always been there till the death. I've always been there after in the fans' bar for a drink or when I worked at the club. I've always been there, you know, a few hours after the game. And I actually left early on Friday, very disappointed and very dejected, as a lot of Salford fans did. But we need to pick ourselves up now, don't we? It's happened. We've we've got beat. We need to pick ourselves up. We need to go again next Friday against Leeds. Um, you know. We, we need to have some belief, don't we? Keep the faith as it keeps going round. Yeah, I agree with that, Dan. You know, you've got to look forward, uh, you know, to, to games ahead. Uh, but obviously, you know, talking about this OKR game, uh, we kicked a penalty, bang on our time, uh, Paul. You know, and, and obviously, you know, we were looking at getting back in the contest and that penalty kind of gave us a, you know, obviously we're still trailing 20-26, but it was kind of a frustrating half of rugby league. But, you know, we still had 40 minutes to try and turn it around, didn't we? Yeah, we certainly did. I mean, you couldn't have blamed Gareth O'Brien there. I mean, there was only about 10, 15 seconds left on the clock, so it was a wise move, really, to take the two, two points. And, uh, and yeah, 22-6 at half-time, it's always going to be an uphill struggle. But I believe, you know, perhaps if we can score early, we can get back into the game. But I always had that, that nagging doubt in my head on Friday that we're not playing well. We don't look like we're going to... You know, it wasn't as if we'd been dead unlucky in that first half. We played really poor, I thought. And like Dan was saying there about the defence... Ulkan had to do a lot of defending in that, that first half and throughout the whole game I thought they defended really well they worked for each other they grafted the goal line defence it, it was it was great um, obviously we should have scored a few times but they worked for each other and that commitment and was there that desire was there and that for me wasn't it's not been there in the last two games for me for, from Salford and it's disappointing because we're fighting for our lives now aren't we you'd expect that to be there you know the players are fighting for their livelihoods because if we are to end up, you know, not in Super League next season, you know, their contracts are sort of up in the air, aren't they, really? Yeah, I suppose, like, during that period of the game, Paul, there was lots of huff and puff from, from Salford, but, like I say, that they're lacking that little bit of magic, aren't they, or that little bit of, you know, belief, like you said, to, 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 to get a result and to, to, and to get, a, you know, convert chances. Um, for me... It feels it looked like they were being engulfed by fear, the fear of, of, of what's going on, you know, the possibility of them going down. And the longer the game went on, Dan, you could see that, you know, that confidence ebbing away um, from the team. Yeah, you could you could see it going. Like I said, I, I thought you could see it right from the off, mate. If I'm honest with you, you know, the players, and you know, even like we go back to talking about the defensive effort, it just wasn't there. And, you know, again, I said to my friend Chris and a few of the others that were up in the stand with me, when when OKR were going forward, they were making 10, 15, 20 metres per tackle going forward. And we struggled, I thought, you know, to, to break that line. You know, their defensive line was, was quite, you know, quite solid. And they did quite a good job on us, to be fair. And one of the, you know, we, we looked up and we... we, we couldn't really put two and two together, could we? We couldn't make anything. I tell you, mate. So yeah, you know, we couldn't really fight for you know to to get over that you know possession line really, and we couldn't break their defence, which I thought was you know quite poor to be fair. And and I know we keep saying it's quite poor, and you know we need to pick ourselves up, but yeah, you know I, I know off air a few of us were still dejected about Friday, but we go again. Yeah, to, to be honest, the the often puff for me, obviously it didn't it didn't come off, you know, but. It's just one of them kind of games, and it. The longer it went on, the more things that went wrong. We had a few tries disallowed, didn't we, uh, for being in touch and dropping a ball and things like that. And, and these things kind of build up over well, the last two games, Paul. We've had 
a, a bag full, a hat, as we'll say, a, a sack full of chances, haven't we, to, to convert? Yeah, we have, yeah. If we yeah. sort of that, even half of them, it, the picture changes totally. And I, yeah, of course it does. Yeah. You just see the the, 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 the the players looking around thinking, well, is it, we're not going to score it. it we're just, it's not meant to be. And you know, you don't want that to kind of get into the into the system and into the blood, do you? Because obviously, the, with the games coming up, you need the, the the players to be, you know, fully confident, focused about the result. You know, the results ahead. Uh, and really, again, massive week for me uh, for for Tim Sheens and, and and Ian Watson to to turn the players around and you know really open that this is where they earn the can. Yeah, well, we, we've got the players, haven't we? And just like you're saying, then about the chances, you go back to the league game. And the video ref called upon five times, wasn't it? Mm. And then there was at least three chances that we bombed without the video ref. So there's like sort of seven or eight tries there. So it could have been a totally different, totally different game. And it was the same, same on Friday, really. But I think I don't, I don't like blaming players and having a pop-up players. But I think Robert Lewis, another one, if he's playing with an injury, which I think he is, he shouldn't be in the, the side. Um, no, because he I looks agree. like he's on one leg. Sometimes he, he's running around like he's on one leg. And Friday night again. He didn't get involved. He doesn't do enough, and well, that's because he's there injured. There was a post put out, wasn't there, Paul, about about Robert Louis about you know missing. If anybody sees him, please return him to the AJ Bell Stadium. Yeah, and mean. you know a few people laughed and joked about that, but it was true. To be fair, wasn't it? He, he, yeah. Again, if he's carrying an injury, why risk him? Put somebody in. You know, you've got Evals there that can play fullback. Evals played standoff in the academy. Switch mm-hmm. it around a bit. It's what we need. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I did see that post, but I'm not one for for things like that, having having a go at him like that. But but I, I, I think he's been lost for the last couple of weeks, really. And it, it does look like he's carrying an injury, but he's got to get involved more. He's got to run at the line. He's got to commit defenders. For me, he does too much sideways. He telegraphs a lot of the play, and you've got Michael Dobson there, and he's doing a lot of the work on his own mm. a lot of the time. So I think I think Louis got to get more involved. And you know, if he is injured, like Dan says, there, you know, you've got Gareth O'Brien who can play at stand up. You've got Evels who can play at stand up. There's a, there's options there to move it around because you can't. This important stage of the season, you can't be carrying players. You can't have passengers on the pitch. You need a fully fit side, and um, you know, it needs two halfbacks on there doing the job. I don't. Think, yeah. I don't think you can lay the blame on on totally on Robert Louis' door. You know, I mean, he's got a, he's a player there that you know relies on you know the pack of people around him to, to get yeah, yeah. positions. And for, for me, there's nothing happening to get him in a decent position. You know, to to hurt teams. Yeah, he's been a little bit quiet. Uh, but if if he's relying on this team to to get him round and put him in positions that's going to hurt people, and the, and they're not putting him in them positions, then is that entirely his fault? Not for me, Paul. Yeah, yeah. We've just been saying there that we we was over the line four times and we had loads of opportunities in there and half and all carded loads of defending. So we did have we did have opportunities, didn't we? But I, I don't know what he's saying. You know, the, the pack's got to get him down the pitch and that. But I think we did have we had a lot of opportunities and we just didn't finish him off. For me, and we weren't clinical enough. All car were clinical. One that they came up with the results and they came up with the plays. And like we said, they didn't do anything special. But they're kicking in. They scored two tries from kicks. Uh, the one at the end and the Greenwood try. And I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just didn't think we were at the race. But I'm not laying all the blame on Louis at all because I think he's injured. And uh, you know, he shouldn't be playing if he's injured. But hopefully, he'll bounce back against Leeds. Yeah. Uh, so Salford scored uh, with O'Brien. Dan, uh, good show and go. He's, 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 he's good moves around the back. Uh, always Salford always bring him into the play, don't they? And he, he showed his magic there by going over the line. Yeah, he did. And, you know, that, that was a, a look of it. We thought, you know, maybe we're, you know, come can, can we get back in this game? Can we get in front? <laughs> can we sort of react to that um, and sort of push on forward and, and try and get, you know, the result? But even when we did score, I, I, I couldn't see it. I really couldn't. And going back to what Paul said, we looked lost. 
you know, this season we we've been ra- you know raring about our our attack and how good we are at going forward and you know there was players running all sorts of angles and on Friday that just wasn't there and yeah whether it's a lot of things whether it's what's going on behind the scenes at the club with the you know Marwan or what what's going on on the pitch or with players you know leaving uncertainty about futures but yeah I, I, they just need to pull the fingers out don't they. Yeah, well, like I say, we, we, we talk about, you know, efforts and that massive defensive effort for me. OKR scored in the 30th, 30th minute and then didn't, didn't score again until three minutes before the end. That's like, what, 50 minutes? Uh, virtually of, of graft and, and defence there, Paul. Obviously, we didn't score in that period, but keeping a Super League uh, side to nil in that period shows, for me, you know, the effort and commitment is there. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I don't think you can really not give it, but I think it's... I think a lot of it's belief, Rob. Yeah, I've, I've said that from 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 like the last few weeks. I think we've we've got the ability there in that side. We've got players, you know, you can ream them off, can't you? And the good players. But I think it's between the ears. I think it was the belief against Lee, and I think it's been there a few times this season. We've gone to grounds this season. You can ream them off the games. We should have won at Wigan. We should have beat Wigan at home. We should have beat St. Helens away. We should have beat Warrington at home. There's been loads of games. Leeds away is another one we should have won. There's loads of them. And a lot of the time with Salford, it'll be the same when we go to Edinburgh in a couple of weeks. You'll be beaten there before you go out. I mean, I've been there loads of times where we've been beaten before we've gone out. And we've got to get that attitude out of our heads. We've got to get the belief that we can win games because those players can. Those players are just as good as the players Leeds have got, just as good as the players all Cairn Rudersfield have got and Lee. And a lot of the time, I think it's just, just between the ears. I don't know what it is, whether it's pressure from Marwan, the uncertainty and all that. But those players just need to believe in themselves because they are good enough. Yeah, talk about frustrations. Here's what Ian Watson had to say uh, in his press conference after. You can't legislate for dropping the ball four times on the first tackle, can you? you know. I think it was more than that we dropped on the first tackle, to be honest with you, David. It was, it was just error after error after error. And when you're completing at 50% and the other team are completing at 94%, you're not, you're not, you're not standing any chance of winning the game. How do you pick them up from this? Oh, we, we've got to get together as a group um, and reassess what we're about, really. We just spoke about it in there, just saying that the, the Super League season's been and gone, and yeah, we, we can say we held our heads up in there and we did a decent job, but this is a completely different competition, and we need to accept it as so. And at the moment, we don't seem to be kind of focused about how serious the situation is and that people's kind of livelihoods and careers are on the line with this a little bit. Um, for whatever reason, we're just turning over too much ball and um, we're making error after error after error and we're beating ourselves. It's not the other teams are beating us. We're, we're beating ourselves by doing this to us and we're putting our pressure on our defence to keep trying to defend everything. And when you're being asked to defend a hell of a lot more sets than what you're actually getting with the ball, you're never going to defend anything. You obviously expected a better response after the, the Leeds result last week, but really Yeah, well, not in the first half it didn't at all. Um, the dis- disappointing thing is, as well, is our right side defence conceded um, some poor tries today. We, we've been through that much video this week and showing the boys on what to do and saying do this, and the attention to detail was there. If they'd done what we'd have spoke about in the week, we wouldn't have conceded them tries. And then you can come in at half time and kind of reassess there. You're probably not 12 points off the scoreboard with them two tries, and then you're probably in a better position to then come out second half, get that try, and get back into the game again. But even when Benny Murdoch went over, the game was still kind of there for us and then that was a big turning point as well. I mean, I don't know what happened on that one. But we're just putting ourselves under too much pressure and making ourselves do too much defending. And you've got a nice easy game against Sam against Leeds. Yeah, against Leeds, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a big one for us. 
Um, we've got to go there to, to Leeds, going for a win. Not to just go, to go there. People are talking about Leeds, that they're getting back into how they played last year and they're doing really well and becoming dominant and that. We, we've got to put all that to a side and take it as a, a one-off game and go there. And If we go there with the right mentality and um, the right kind of attention to detail, then we're confident we can go there and get a win. But if we turn out what we've just turned out in the last two weeks, again, we're just going to be beating ourselves and not giving ourselves a chance in any of the game. Well, yeah, it's going to be difficult now um, after losing um, against Lee and um, Hull KR. You generally need to beat probably two of the Super League teams and uh, your championship. Um, I mean, it happened last year to us against Bradford where we lost to Bradford, but then we beat two Super League teams. Um, so the Leeds game is the, the be-all and end-all for us um, in this next game. We've got to just look at that game and not look any further past that. Yeah, he's done a rib cartilage. He's going to be gone for the season now, to be fair. It's kind of your, your, your discipline. It's like last week we were giving them away on the first tackle and things like that. I mean, we, we sh we've shown um, clips of that last week about some of it's just being a bit dumb, but then again, some of it's fatigue as well because you're defending so much because you're making errors with the ball. And when, like I say, when you're defending so much, you do you, you, you really do fatigue. That's the toughest part of the game, isn't it? The defence. And if you're constantly defending, you're fatiguing yourself um, a lot quicker than you will be when you're running with the ball. And then on that, you start going a little bit brain dead. Um, and, and that's what we've done as a team. How big a disappointment is it losing Mason then, given he has scored some tries in the last Yeah, he's, Mason's, been good. Mason's been good for us. He's a, he's a good kid, Mason. He's, a, he's one of them who is willing to learn and willing to work hard and... So to, to lose him is going to be a little bit of a blow for us, especially on the back of losing Justin Carney as well. Um, it's just taking our options down on the outside backs, when really our outside backs have been a bit of a strength for us um, during the Super League season. But at the moment, it's becoming a little bit of a weakness. Has Carney gone as well for a season? Right? It, it looks like it, yeah. So, Paul, Ian Watson, you know, obviously, understandably, uh, frustrated about the, the players' performance. Yeah, he's yeah he's every right to be, and you know we're going about the Salford players fighting for their lives. I think Ian Watson is as well. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Um, you know, Marwan, he didn't hang about with Yestin Harris, did he? And Phil Beavers, and I hope to God he doesn't get rid of Watson. But you know, if things keep going wrong, he might start looking at that. So Ian's going to be feeling the pressure, and I feel sorry for him really because you know he's done well this season. It's not his. Really, we're in this uh, this this middle eights, is it? But you know, he, he's got to rally the troops now. He's got two weeks, and I think this break for the Challenge Cup. He's going to be good, good for them, really. I mean, they've, they've got two weeks now to prepare and, and sort themselves out and get together, as he said, as, as a group and have a look at where they are. Because I don't think some of these players realise how how serious this is, and you know they're going to have to do now. Yeah, massive two weeks uh, for Tim Sheens, uh, Dan. You obviously, you know, this period he have got a game, uh, gives them chance to get together, get the players together, and, and you know push on in the next you know next three games, and, and hopefully you know we've secured our, our million pound game place. Yeah, it does, and you know, I know we're talking about the million pound game place, and you know, we need to make sure that that is the least what what we can go into, you know. And Tim Sheens and Watto, and you know, the coaching staff have got a really big week, you know, ahead, um, you know, two weeks ahead, really. They need to get that camaraderie back. They need to get that buzz back in the players. They need to install confidence back in the players to say, you know, you are good quality players. You can match anybody on your day, as Paul said before. So go out there, prove it, not to the fans, not to the owner, prove it to yourselves. 
feel like I need to play Rocky music over the top of that, Dan. I think you do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say, look, looking at the looking at the the stats, uh, Paul. Uh, top tackler uh, was uh, Flanagan with fifty. Uh, George Griffin with thirty nine. Logan Tompkins put a shift in with thirty eight. Cop Jack with thirty six. Um, interesting, obviously, tactic for Watson having Cop Jack on the bench uh, and Burgess to start, uh, sort of mixing them up. Both similar kind of players. Both, you know, put the effort in, commitment, and it's, it's good to have kind of two Cop Jacks in the in the squad now. Yeah, I thought we, I thought we missed Copjack. No, I thought you, you don't you miss him when he's off the pitch. But those those four you just mentioned, I mean, you can't fault anything they did. I mean, Mark Flanagan again worked his socks off, and as did George Griffin. Yeah, top meter makers. Uh, we've got Junior Sal with one hundred and twenty-one. Um, Luke Burgess with seventy-nine. Josh, Joshua Jones with eighty-two. Uh, Copjack with eighty-nine. You know, you're making big meters, uh, Dan. Uh, you know, we kind of looked towards got a ninety, and we we were there sort of eighties. It shows that the players were putting the effort in and, and making you know meters up the field. Yeah, it does. You know, meters up the field don't win your games, does it? It's getting over that finish line, and it's all good and well. You know, trundling up the pack, up the pitch, up the park, and you know, getting the good meters, and you know, not having an end product, and that's what we definitely lacked. Yeah, like you say, it becomes the pressure of I think of of, of the game. Uh, we, we went into our shells, and obviously, if, you, if you're in your shell, Paul, you, you know you you don't try that pass that night puts them through a gap because you think, oh, I'll keep hold of it because I'm not sure, uh, and it, it kind of engulfs you in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, I think it was just one of those games, wasn't it? You sort of knew from a very early phase in that game that we weren't going to get anything from it. Nothing seemed to be coming after it. You know, there was knock-ons, and you know, Greg Johnson made quite a few mistakes. I felt a bit sorry for Johnson, really. Because he, he come back into the side, he had a bit of a mare against Warrington, didn't he? And then he had a bit of a nightmare again this week. So um, I hope that doesn't affect his confidence and he can bounce from it because we know he's a very explosive player. And uh, I'm just hoping the lads are, are ready for Leeds because I think that's a game we can win. Yeah, looking at the other stats, average game, Cockjack with eight per carry, um, Wellaraki with seven and a half per carry, Joshua Jones with 7.45 metres a carry. You know, I mean, they were obviously making metres, Dan. I know we talk about, you know, getting in positions to, to hurt teams. But, you know, for me, the effort was there. They were, they were showing, you know, the, the stats back it up. The, the, at least they were making big metres when, when they had the opportunity. Yeah, they do. That's maybe the players have to have a look at that themselves. You know, like we keep saying it's a big week for them. They need to look in the mirror and, you know, realise, could I do more? And the answer is yes. You know, not just, you know, making the metres forward, but trying to make the points count on the park to, to get us over and get us in a victory. Mm. OK, looking at our three-word match reports and, and man of the matches, this don't forget, this is this is like 20 minutes after the game, so... Keep it clean, Rob. <laughs> yeah. get, get the beeper ready. Yeah, got to get Ryan Wilkinson's beeper ready. Uh, OK, Colin Reynolds says, woeful, awful Salford. Uh, his man of the match was uh, Cop Jack. Uh, John Walton, embarrassing, pathetic, unprofessional. Um, Nathan Archer... Cop Jack will walk. Um, I'm not, like I say, we're, we're hoping he doesn't, um, Paul. Where's he walking to, Rob? Shopping back, hopefully. Right. Um, <laughs> the Barley Farm and back. Barley Farm and back, yeah. Uh, Bob Speakman, hopeless, hapless, Salford. Um, uh, Tony Frame, <laughs> poor performance. Oi. Uh, let me get the beep on that. Beep. Beep. Um, Martin. Bag of 
Um, Adam, bye bye, Super League. And obviously, you know, we don't know what that's what what's going to happen yet, Dan. Uh, but remember, Notts Forest Premier League team. They said they were too good to go down. Um, could could we be following that kind of situation, being too good to and go down? Well, I don't, I don't think anyone's too good to go down. You know, people are saying it in in the the entire season about Leeds. You know, oh, they'll come good, they'll come good. They're too good to be bottom of the league. They're too good to be bottom of the league, and they ended up bottom of the league. So it just shows that you know it doesn't matter what goes on. You know, no no team is good. You know, too good to go down. No team is not too good enough to win it. As in football, Leicester shown last season. You know, we just need to. I know I keep saying it, but we just need to, you know, forget about the OKR game now. Move on to the next four, you know, at least the next three after next Friday. You know, we've got two at home, so they're, you know, winnable. And we need to make sure we put the points on. Because it could come down to points difference as well. In the end, that's something that we talked about off air. It could come back down to points difference. So, yeah, just just dust ourselves off. Bad day at the office. Bad couple of weeks at the office against Lee and OKR. Put it right and start again week on Friday. Yeah, last few uh, man of the matches. Nicholas uh, Fletcher, worst of the season. His uh, his man of the match was Cock Jack. Uh, Jennifer Mather, heartbreaking team performance, and her man of the match was Dobson. Uh, and Matthew M- Matthew or Michael Matthews uh, didn't turn up, and his man of the match was Dobson. Um, it was a heartbreaking performance, Paul. But like Dan says, you know, it's all about how you react to this. Now it's all it's all about how the players. Get together this week and focus on on the on the challenges that lie ahead uh, and righting a few wrongs in a way. Yeah, definitely. And you've got an ideal opportunity, right? If you you look at the fixtures now, you could have Batley at home. No disrespect to Batley, but it'd be hard for the players to raise the game. You've not. You've got Leeds away, and as Salford fans, we know. Well, to me anyway, Leeds is like a holy grail, and it going there and winning. I've only ever seen them win there once, and you know we've we've won there like twice in. Since, since 1959, is it? So um, you've got those 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 players have, have got an ideal opportunity to be heroes and go there and treat this like a challenge cup final. We, if we win there, can you imagine the celebrations mm. in the crowd? And it, you'll put so many wrongs right, and that'll put us. In it a, gives in, a lift, won't it? it yeah, it, it, it put us in such a good position going into those last three games. No disrespect to London, Featherstone, and Battle. They're going to be tough games. You can't take any of the games lightly because you'll get burnt. But if we could beat Leeds. That that's just I think that'd just send like it give the, the club a massive shot in the arm, wouldn't it? And give us a massive confidence boost. And that's how you've got to approach that game to me. Now as fans as well, let's let's all get down there, get behind them as if it's like a cup semi final, cup final or whatever. And you look at Leeds, they're beatable. London scored five tries against them on Saturday. And look how poor they've been this season at home. And I don't know, I I just think we can do it. I really do. I know you said I'm an optimist, Robin. I, I really believe that we can. I think we can roll up there and, and do the business with the right attitude. Let's just go out there from minute one and just throw the kitchen sink at them. Yeah, I agree with that, Dan. Do you want to echo the comments Paul said? Yeah, you know, go there on a week on Friday, full of uh, Paul's optimism. And, uh, you know, get get behind the boys, get get down to Edinburgh, you know, at the end of the day, the, the boys are going to react to a big crowd, aren't they? If there's nobody in the away end, you know, it's going to be a bit of a, a downfall. So I say we go down there, we pack out the away end, you know, put a few wrongs right, fans, supporters, owners, club, and all get behind this final four games and push us over so we make sure we get a Super League place. Yeah, for me, there's always a moment you think, this is why I'm a Salford fan. And going to Leeds in such an important game for the future of our club. Let's not let's not pull any punches here. If we get beat against Leeds, we are in we're in sort of the 
let's say it, the best a million pound game really. So we need to go to Leeds and win. And if we go go to Leeds with belief and and commitment and positivity, we'll get the result at Leeds, and that will boost everyone in the club uh, and and the fans for me because uh, we're we're all looking out with Paul for that for that. For that moment, you know that that yeah. that, that, that turns that we're looking for something, off. aren't we? Just give us something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 what better place to do it than Heaven with all the history you've got with with Leeds, you know, right through the seventies and whatever, and all the defeats we've had there, the Challenge Cup semi-final defeat. We've had our hearts broken there so many times. How bittersweet to be to go there and you know drag them back into it as well because they're not not safe yet. They've got some tough games coming up. So, yeah, I think it'd be amazing to go there and do that. And just, it, it's so important because, like my dad was saying to me on Friday night, he was chatting to one of his old mates, Dave Lyons, and um, outside the ground before the game. And I think Dave actually said to me, Dad, tonight is, you know, one of the biggest games he, he's witnessed Salford and he's been going to Salford for years, you know, since the 50s, 60s, whatever. And I think it was that old KR game. And now this Leeds game, He's, he's up to that magnitude, isn't he? he's massive, it's an absolutely huge game, and I think the players need to, you know, not without, you know, knocking the, the confidence and putting too much on the shoulders, they need to realise it is it is massive. Well, obviously, looking at the, the game against OKR, Dan, um, do, do you have a man of the match for me? Yeah, and I said it before, Craig Copjack, you know, the guy come off the bench, you know, for me, he should have started, he's a starting prop, he, you know, he can easily put 30 minute shift in each half, and yeah, you know, I thought he stood out again. Dobson did quite well. Um, yeah, they're really the only two. And if I had to pick one, as I've said, I'd, I'd go with Craig Cropjack. How are you? On his ability to, to lead us at the forward and try and get some encouragement from the I mean, the fans love him, don't we? We think he's a fantastic signing. How about you, Paul? What's your, who was your man of the match? I thought Dobson played really well. I thought he worked his socks off. I thought, yeah, um, Cropjack did. But I'm just going to um, go with Mark Flanagan because I thought he tackled his, his heart out. Again, as he did at Lee, and um, you know he's just like a machine, and he just keeps going, and he gets all sorts of wax here, there, and everywhere, doesn't he? And, and then when the lad comes off, he looks like he, you know, he looks like you, you know, sit, you need to sit down, Mark. You look absolutely shattered. So uh, I'm going to just go with Mark Flanagan. Yeah, I think I'm going to go for Cop Jack. I think Cop Jack and Kenny for me. Cop Jack, you know, our leader on the field. There's moments where we got a scrum, and he was sort of banging his chest on on at the base of the scrum, trying to get everyone. To set the scrum scrum up quicker, um, it's little things like that. You know, he, he has the will to win, you know, and the heart for it. Um, so obviously, you know, we're, we're looking for more of that uh, from everyone um, in the games to come. Uh, so what we'll do now, after we've had a little moan about the game and uh, you know how upset we are, what we'll do, we'll talk about the the news um, which have come out from the club uh, this week. So looking at all the big news. Coming out of Salford Red Devils this week, Dan's had to shoot off, so I've rotated the pack and brought in uh, Paul Parkin, right, Paul? Hiya, Rob. Hi, Hi, mate. Thanks for thanks for filling in for us. Uh, not a problem. No, it's nice to get a call up, you know. Need yeah, to get a run yeah. out every now and then. This is it. We bring the bring the, bring the quality off the wrench to turn the game. And that's <laughs> what open this, uh, I don't know. This podcast. You've been scraping through the A team. <laughs> okay, so looking at the news, uh, the big news uh, today. Uh, the club made a big announcement at midday that Salford Red Devils uh, legends are to take on Gloucester legends in a hybrid uh, rugby game, uh, Paul. Um, what do you think of that? Obviously, you know, rugby league with rugby union, um, it's going to be interesting. What's a hybrid rugby game, Rob? 
Well, this is it. Is it, is it going to be like a half of rugby league and half of rugby union or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like it, that's that's the case. Um, yeah. Obviously, they take the best out of both uh, right. and put it in, in, in a game. Uh, there was a game uh, in Australia uh, between West Magpies and Ranwick. Um, and they played a hybrid rugby game uh, last year in their pre-season. And it was a good success. Ray Cashmere uh, turned out for the West Magpies. Um, and I think it's what it is. If in your own half, you play rugby league. And in the opposition half, you, pay, you play rugby union. Right. Uh, which makes it you know, interesting, obviously, because you know, it takes the, the sort of kick tennis out of the, the rugby union game, doesn't it? Having, that, having it that way around. Yeah, I mean, I remember going back, you know, through the years recently, I remember Saints playing Sale and obviously Wigan and Bath. Um, it's it's a strange one. Um, uh, I'm not sure how they'll work it or whether they'll just play, you know, the first half, of, second half of rugby union rules or, or how they're going to mix it. I don't know, but um, it's it's a it's a bit unexpected. I'll say that. Um, uh, but the two the two codes just clash so much at certain parts of the game, you know the two realistically the two totally different games. Um, so I mean on on that side of things, you know it's fairly interesting and obviously throwing in the legends. I'm not sure who they'd be. Um, whether we're going back, you know, 20, 30 years, or we're just you know picking them for the last ten years or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean you know it's it's publicity, isn't it? Both. Yeah, like I say, I suppose you want to generate interest in the game. It puts our name out there, Paul. Um, is it the kind of thing that us fans want? Obviously, you know, this time of the season, you know, we're looking at, you know, a massive few weeks and then this comes out and it kind of like, you know, it confuses everyone. Everyone thinking it was going to be a big announcement like Marwan was going to stay or Marwan was going to go and sell us to some sort of Chinese consortium. And then obviously, you know, it decided it's, it's just a game a friendly game where our legends play their legends and it was a bit of a bit of a flat moment for me really yeah it was a bit of a bit of strange uh, timing really for it I mean I went down to get my ticket today and I said to the lady behind the, the desk oh is there something happening at 12 o'clock and she didn't know anything about it so when I got home I'd look at it before and then I, I saw that and I was I was expecting something different but like Parky says it's, it's publicity I suppose isn't it and you know Gloucester are not a bad rugby union side are they so I think you know and a lot of it got to do with our sponsors Mitsubishi and that yeah. aren't they behind it or something so you want to keep on side with them don't you obviously pumping money and what have you but yeah, I wasn't. I was expecting someone, you know, after the the OKR defeat, I was expecting someone to lift us a bit today, and you know that's not really really done that. But if it's going to help the club and publicise the club, then I suppose it's a good thing. Yeah, ninth of October uh, in Gloucester. Um, obviously, tickets are, are, will be announced shortly about prices and stuff. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, Salford might take a few down. You know, obviously, a big game, well, a big game, but like a, a historic game in a way. Park game. You know, it'd be good to see. You know how, how it works out, really, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like what Paul's just said about the timing of it, it's he, probably, you know, it could have waited a few weeks. Um, you know, by the time this game's being played, you know, let's hope not, but we may not even be a Super League team anymore. Um, you know, we've got a lot of pressing issues. Um, I mean, I like the idea of going out to Gloucester. It's just, you know, it's a lovely place, and you know, I'm sure sure the rugby union lot will make us. You know, fully welcome, or maybe not. Um, but uh, you know, I just think that the timing of it—it it could have waited maybe you know a few weeks, even if, you know I don't know, just get a few games out of the way. But um, it wasn't quite the news we wanted. But like I say, you know, it, it depends on on what kind of 
you know lineups they put out and that kind of thing. But uh, it might be worth a weekend away. Yeah, so we'll have to see how that pans out and see, uh, you know, what the details are regarding tickets and, and travel. Uh, next bit of news, um, Paul, Walkabout in Printworks are donating £1 for every burger they sell. Uh, Walkabout in Printworks, it's good on a Tuesday, which is good. Obviously, you know, one of our sponsors, you know, going out, raising money um, for the Sulphur Red Devils Foundation. Um, you know, and it's good, obviously, they're doing that um, and promoting the club and the foundation as well. Yeah, that's, that's good, that, mate. We'll have to uh, get down there and start munching some burgers if it's a pound of burger. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's good publicity again. And uh, it's good that the, the walkabout are getting behind, isn't it? Are, are we, we going to get fixture lists in there and things like that? That, that should be something we're promoting because it's right in the centre of town as well, isn't it, in the centre of Manchester. So, uh, so yeah, let's get them on side. And I've noticed they, they do sponsor Ian Watson. I was on his, his polo shirt, then he walkabout. So that, that's that's a good, uh, good thing, that. We should go down. We should have, we should do a pod. Didn't we? We, should, we should do a, t- a test, shouldn't we? Test the yeah. burgers. We should go down to test it. That's a good idea. So if you if you obviously listening to to us walk about, just give us a, give us a tweet and we'll, we'll we'll sort something out. A live show down there, come on. Oh yeah, burgers and beer. Sounds like a plan, Parky. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, I'm up for that. Yeah, yeah, two of my favourites. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it is good. And obviously, walk about. You know, it's it's nice that we're mentioning walk about in a different way than we were probably. You know, 10, 15 years ago, when uh, you know a certain amount of players would spend more time in there than the training pitch, it would have. Uh, yeah, you know, it's good to have a, you know something like that. And like like Paul said, you know, we we should use it. We should find a way of, you know, advertising the club there, even if it is just a fixture list. But yeah, fantastic. I mean, I'm happy to go down. It's a, you know, it's a decent place, and I'm sure the burgers are lovely. So anything to help out. Yeah. I suppose it's better having, you know, walk about in a in, in a good con- good sentence like get get charity burgers at walkabout rather than Solver's defence goals walkabout. Um <laughs> another bit of news, we've got uh, Stan Sandland is singing in the Challenge Cup final on Saturday. He's representing Salford in the competition uh, from all the all the fans in the league basically got an opportunity to to sing in the choir and he won Paul. Uh, so we'll all be turning up that TV uh, and seeing how we can uh, burst out a song. Yeah, I saw that that composition. Wasn't it something to do with like songs of praise or something like that? Didn't they have something to do with it? Or yeah. there was something on the telly on a Sunday night I remember seeing. But uh, yeah, that, that's cool. That I mean, we'll be looking out for him. Will he have his Salford shirt on on, on Saturday? Yeah, he's, he's posing with a Salford shirt at the club. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, like I say, it's good, Parky. That you know, Challenge Cup is a massive you know uh, thing in in rugby league, and we've got you know stand there, you know, in the choir singing singing a song and representing the club. Yeah, it's nice to have uh, somebody from uh, from the club turning up on the pitch um, at Wembley. Well, you know, it's been a while. Um, no, good luck to him. You know, I, I, I didn't know much about it. I must admit. Um, um, but yeah, no, it's fantastic. It must be a great honour for him. You know, he's going to probably get to walk out on that you know that famous turf and you know and bell out a tune. Hopefully, uh, he'll do as proud. Yeah, another bit of news. Uh, we've got um, Tim Sheens. Uh, turning down uh, Parramatta, Paul, uh, to stay with Salford. Um, you know that that was a kind of boost we needed uh, after after Friday. Yeah, certainly was. One, he's um, been a very steady influence, hasn't he, Tim Sheens? And like I was saying the other night to you, I feel a lot more comfortable with Tim Sheens being there than him not being there. If you know what I mean, he's um, you know he's a, he's a wise old dad, isn't he? And I think we can we can go places with him. And I was saying to my dad the other day, I just hope you know we just get through this. Um, 
this this middle eights, and I think next season we, we could have a, a really good season. You know, if we if we do things right off the pitch and Tim stays there and recruit well again, I, I think you know not everything's as, as dark as what people are making out at the moment. I think don't think we're that far off. Obviously, it probably with with Kukash's indecision about what he's doing, uh, Parker. You know, it's mm. a good sign that 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 uh, Tim Sheens has, has has said right. No, I'm not going to Parramatta. I'm I'm staying here with Salford. It gives us fans a bit of a bit of a boost, and you know, it kind of like does that mean that Marwan might be thinking about staying? Um, well, he, obviously, he'd like to think uh, Tim Sheens is, is you know he's he's obviously been a, a great fillet for the club. Um, wish we'd have got him. You know, when Marwan first came in, and things could have been hugely different than they are now. Um, you know, I hope I hope he stays. I hope it is a sign that Marwan's, you know, sticking sticking around. But you know, um, I'm sure there's, there's lots of offers out there for somebody like Tim Sheens. You know, whether it's in the Super League or or in the NRL, because you know he's, he's wealth of knowledge. I mean, you don't get to to coach you, the the Kangaroos if you don't know too much. Um, so, he, but we 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 really need to retain him. He, no matter what happens from here on in, if you know if the worst does happen, I'm sure he'd be the man that could. Could just keep us going, keep us afloat, and you know make us a challenger again if if we do need to. But um, no, I, I liked him. He talks a lot of sense. Um, you know, he doesn't hold any punches. He, he just tells you as it is, uh, and he's a you know proper rugby league guy. So it is is fantastic for us. I'm sure he's he's looked at one team that's had a problem with the salary cap, and then looked at another one and thought, well, you know, which one do I want to be in? So hopefully he's going to stick with us anyway. Yeah. Well, like I said, I suppose with, with Parramatta, they've had their own problems, haven't they, haven't they Paul? So he's looking at that, he's thinking, you know, I'd rather stay here. I suppose, I suppose he's building the club in a way. It's his baby, isn't it? And he probably thinks that there might be some unfinished business uh, to come. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the word I'd use, Rob, unfinished business. He's building some here at Salford. And like I said, without that de- deduction, we, we, we've not done too bad this season, really, have we? You know, sixth or seventh in, in the league and... It's just unfortunate that we are where we are now, but I think we've we've progressed from from last season definitely on the pitch, and it's been slow progress. But you know, if he if he sticks out of there, Tim Sheens, I mean, who's who's to know where we'll we'll end up next season? I'm just glad he's he's still there because I think he's a calming influence on the club, and I think he's he's a figurehead there, and he's he's a respectable guy that people can look up to, and the younger players can look up to because you know, like Parky said there, what a role model Tim Sheens has done it. In Australia, done it all over the world, done it international level with the Kangaroos, and yeah, I'm just glad he's at the club. Yeah, uh, another bit of news: uh, twenty pound tickets uh, for Leeds is are now available. Uh, Parker uh, from the club. You know, we talked about Leeds uh, being a massive game uh, in in for the club uh, in a way. Uh, how important is it that the fans get down there and and back the team in this moment of uh, moment of need? Oh, massive! I mean, you know, we, we know it's difficult at the time and. I, you know, I, I know you guys have been talking about the the old KR game, and you know, I, I obviously wasn't at the league game, but you know, heard all about it, and it, it's very sort of disappointing the last couple of weeks. But we can't lose track, like Paul says, of you know what we've achieved this year and what we would have achieved without them points coming off. You know, we're not a bad side, uh, and the lads just probably need a bit more encouragement at the moment. They'll they'll be moping around, they'll be a bit, you know, their heads will have dropped a bit. Um, they know they've let themselves down, you know, uh, last week and and at Lee. Um, so yeah, I mean, they need all the encouragement they can get. Uh, and Leeds is, you know, it's a, it's never been a good place for us, has it? You know, it's, it's it's tough ground to go to and somewhere we don't have a a record. But you know, you just never know. You you can the lads can be inspired and just have that one day. And, and let's be honest, you wouldn't want to be the one that said I wasn't there at the time when we beat Leeds. So 
Um, yeah, no, get down. I mean, 20 quid's not too bad, is it, for Headingley? No, 20 quid to, to see history happen, uh, Paul. You know, which could happen in theory. You know, I mean, we, we need a big result, um, you know, against Leeds uh, to turn our sort of Super 8 qualifying campaign round. And, you know, to beat Leeds at Headingley, that would be the, you know, the shot in the arm club needs in a way. That's what we were saying before, wasn't it? It would be, it would be a shot in the arm. Like we were saying, it's about belief, isn't it? If you go there with the hunger and desire, you can beat Leeds. I mean, they didn't look that convincing to me against London. And I don't know, they're not the, the side that they were last season. They've still got some good players. They've got a lot of international players in the team as well. But I just think if you go there, so have we as well. We've got some good players. And I think the players we've got, they've just got to have that belief because sometimes I think they lack it and they don't realise how good they are, some of those players. And if we go to Leeds and, like I said before, chuck the kitchen sink at them, let's, let's just really yeah. throw everything at them. And all right, if we come up short and lose by a point, we lose by a point. What you don't want is to go there and get lamped by 70 points like we did last season. And that completely buggers up the points difference for this season. And that points difference could be massive come the end of this middle eight. So let's go there and just chuck everything at them and what will be will be. Yeah. Oh, but, I mean, go on, we, we were there a couple, of, a couple of months back, weren't we? You know, we lost 8-0 um, in, in dreadful conditions. It didn't really suit us because... We we you know we we like to throw the ball about a bit and and lead to it. We're just keeping it tight in the middle and and got the breaks. And I think we bombed three or four tries that night. You know we could have turned them over. Then Leeds, like Paul said, Leeds aren't the side they were. They're a good team. You know they have improved obviously in the last few weeks and maybe the last couple of months of the season. But you know they, they, you don't go to these places you know afraid. You've you've got to stand up. We're a good team and we've got to realise that. And uh, you know and fingers crossed we can pull off a bit of a shock. Parker, how much? How would you think it is? Sort of, be, it's all about beating the history rather than the the, the shirt for me um, when it comes to Leeds. I think. I mean, I suppose there is an element of that. I mean, these players probably don't know the history. You know, um, they, they some of these lads have become from from other clubs that have you know gone to Headingley and won and 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 probably don't think too much about it. Um, but it's certainly something that you know sticks with the fans. I mean, you know, one winning thirty nine years there is. Uh, it's a bit of a drought, really, um, and it is. It's just one of those clubs. I think you know we have that with Leeds, and and uh, and, and even teams like Castleford, we have you know we, we've always kind of struggled against. But Leeds is our biggest one. You know, I think we haven't won that many against them. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it can be there in the head. I think some sometimes teams do turn up. Certainly in the past, I've seen Salford teams, and you think they beat them during the warm up. You know, they just don't look. Like they think they can win, and if you believe you can, you know a couple of things come off. You know somebody, you know somebody's got to beat them at their place, so you know we can do it. Yeah, I'm all behind that pack. It's all about believing and, and and you know the things going your way and and keeping going and and obviously just just believing you, you're good enough to to get a result. Uh, last bit of news: uh, club are getting uh, posters out uh, for the Featherstone game. Um, Paul, how important is it that the club, you know, push that Featherston game? Obviously, you know, part of the three crucial games after the Leeds game, uh, which will shape our season in a way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the crowd has been pretty poor. The home crowds, haven't they? Certainly since the points deduction, I had noticed I was doing a bit of maths the other day. Actually, like a sad geek that I am, and I think <laughs> it was four and a half thousand the average crowd before the deduction. I think it's dropped to about three and a half now, three, three, six, something like that. So, I mean, people have, have sort of voted for defeat on this and sort of not been bothering to go. So, I don't quite know why. I mean, it's a, it's a funny one, isn't it, really? But it's as if there's, you know, we've had that sort of feel-good factor taken away from us and people aren't feeling the same affinity to the club at the moment. And, 
you know, no disrespect to Featherstone, they might not bring loads of supporters or perhaps the average floating Salford supporter won't come out because it's not like a big tasty game against Wigan or St. Helens. So I think it is crucial that we market it. But as again, if we were to beat Leeds and, you know, get that sort of shot in the arm that we need, it might attract people to come back. I think people just need something to believe in now, don't they? And, that, and obviously losing it, playing the way, not as much losing, but playing the way we did against OKR, that... That's not the, the the way to go about it, really. Is that's gonna? I mean, mugs like us will go anyway, but the average Johnny on the street's not gonna do. So uh, the more that we can do to to publicise the, the Featherstone and London game, I think the better. Yeah, obviously, Parky, you know, the club plan to go out in the community and go to the different towns in, in the city of Salford and and promote the game. Obviously, you've got to go reach out to the to the people and 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 obviously get your message out that there is a, a professional rugby league club in in the city and they're, they're fighting for the lives. Uh, I'm really, I'm hoping that the, the, the people of Salford back it and, and come and watch the game again, Featherstone, because they do put in, the, you know, a lot of effort, the club, you know, with the schools and all kinds of community projects. And, you know, it's, it's about time the people of Salford, you know, brought back into the club in a way. Um, yeah, I just wish the club had done it, you know, more often and in, in, in maybe a bigger way. And, you know, certainly over the last sort of 12 months, I mean, our, our sort of visibility within the city is... Is well, it doesn't exist really, does it? You know, I can go in the, the the pubs just around the corner from me. You know, it used to be, you know, pro- proper Salford sort of uh, hotbeds, and and there's no there's no sign of anything to do with the club. There's no fixtures. The you know, and it's disappointing. Um, like Paul says, though, I mean, we go to Leeds and win. The Featherstone game sells itself. You know, it's success on the pitch that the fans want to see and and, and the public. And you know, even like new fans, they they like to be attached to to winning cultures and winning teams, you know. Uh, and while you're getting beat, no people just you know really struggle to get motivated for it. Um, and I think the Featherstone game is is going to be a tough one. If we can get something off Leeds, then it you know it puts a massively different spin on that game, and there's something in it to play for. And, and you know, I think you might pull a few in. Um, I mean, if, I don't you remember when Trish Goldsmith was in. She she did that big campaign. And we played Featherstone. I think we got we got five thousand or something. You know, I know a lot of like school kids and that kind of thing. But you know, there's got there's got to be a way. It's been proven that it can it can happen. Um, but yeah, I think success on the pitch as much as the club you know can do off it, and, and hopefully they, they can continue and, and do a little bit more. But um, yeah, we, we need to be winning to, to you know start putting bums on seats, really. I tell you, Trish Goldsmith, Marlon Kukash, and Matt Parrish as a as a combination, you'd, you'd sell you'd sell tickets for them, wouldn't you, Paul? You certainly would. She did um, a good job. I remember that, to be honest with you, that when we got that big crowd against Everson, you just uh, wrapped me brains there. I remember that, yeah. But yeah, we, I think that's what we've got to do. We've we've got to perform, haven't we? Now at Leeds and. Not go there and get hammered. I, I think the important thing is we go there and perform and you know get people feeling good about the, the club again because there has been so much negativity again this season. I mean, looking at some of the stuff the fans have been putting on this week, I know they're disappointed about the OKR game, but there's so much sort of, I don't know, unhappy supporters and it'd just be great to get the smile back on everybody's face, wouldn't it? And, you know, what better way than to, 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 to perform at Leeds and like it. The supporters, I know for the fact, most of the supporters I know that if, they, if we went to Leeds and got beat, but we, we tried really hard and performed, people you know, would accept that, really. Obviously, I want us to win, but it's just about a performance for me. Paul, Pac, you said before about, obviously, you know, your local boozers in the, in, on the night not having any kind of 
you know, what uh, Salford-related fixture lists or posters or whatever. Is, is are the club themselves totally to blame for that, or do us as fans have a responsibility to 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 print out that poster and take it to your local booze and put it up yourself? Um, no, I, d- I don't think so. I don't think. See, this is something I've thought about for for many years, and I remember, you know, when uh, our previous sort of chief exec, or, you know, who was there for quite a while, he had that that thought that the fans should should do more. I don't mind helping, you know, we we don't, but we've all got jobs ourselves. Yeah. It is somebody's job to market that club and to to sell it to people. Not my job. I'm, you know, I'm not going to get paid for it. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll take posters, and it doesn't, you know, doesn't really matter. But it, I don't think it should be left to the fans. I think it is the club's responsibility to bring people in. You know, I I go through my my you know daily life, and I'm sure you two do, talking about Salford to people who who don't watch. You know, in the in the, the odd faint hope that they might just go, hang on, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at this. I'll come down. Um, you know, that's the way, best way we can do it. You know, it's the same in in any business. Word of mouth is is probably the best way to get business done. Um, but. No, I don't. I don't think it's the fans. The fans can help definitely, but I think the club really needs to do more. Yeah, obviously, hopefully they'll, they've got two weeks to to get the Featherstone game promoted, and we're hoping for a, a big game um, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, so now, what we'll do after that little news, uh, what we'll do, we'll now we'll talk about the amateur review uh, with Paul. Well, I'll start this week's amateur review by looking at the Salford Red Devils under-19s who were in action on Saturday the 20th of August when they went to uh, to Wigan Warriors. It's always going to be a tough game against Wigan, you know, looking at their academy and the players that they've got, especially the run that they've been on. Uh, the young Devils went down by 32 points to 20, but it was a really brave effort. They were trailing 22, sorry, 26-10 at half-time, so they come back in the second half and made a real fist of it with uh, with tries coming from uh, Connor Williams, Lewis Fairhurst, and also two from Jack Thompson and two conversions from, from Fairhurst. There's no game this weekend with it being the Challenge Cup final, but the the young devils will be back in action soon, and I'll give you the, the report when they are. So unlucky to the South Red Devils, and best of luck in the next match. Well, moving on to the National Conference Leagues, there, was, there wasn't many games to report on this week. Uh, Salford City Roosters weren't in action, but there was one game in Division 3. Waterhead Warriors went down at home to Drillington by 42 points to 16. But there was a big game for Rochdale Mayfield on Saturday. They were away from home against Featherstone Lions in the Challenge Conference Challenge Trophy semi-final, and they actually come away with a victory. They beat Featherstone Lions by 39 points to 28, with tries from two coming from Matty Ashton, one from uh, veteran Matt Calland, uh, Rees Carruth and Declan Sheridan got two and there was also a try for the wingman and he's got a very hard name to pronounce but his second name is Naol Naol Matua I think that's how you spell it but uh, but yeah it was a great win for Rochdale Mayfield so they've progressed through to the, the final now and the other semi-finals not been played yet that's going to be played on Wednesday nights between Hunslet Club Parkside and Milford Marlin so the final is going to be played on Saturday the 8th of October that's the date of the grand final so uh, we wish Rochdale Mayfield all the best of luck in that and it's going to be played at the Manchester Regional Arena I'm going to be doing my best to get down there to cheer Mayfield on to hopefully uh, to a victory but that um, that victory um, for, for Rochdale Mayfield came with some sad news I was um, I found out on Saturday morning that the Rochdale Mayfield assistant coach, Steve Gartland, had passed away. Um, really, really sad news. And I know he's a massive uh, friend of uh, Matt Calland, the ex-Bradford player. We all remember him from Super League. He was actually still playing for Rochdale Mayfield, you know, well into his 40s now. But that was really tragic news to hear about Steve Gartland. And I actually remember Steve Gartland playing for Rochdale Hornets and, and Swinton Lions as well. Um, really, really clever player, really tricky standoff. And uh, I think he played a couple of games against Salford as well. But... 
tragic news to hear that and I think for the Mayfield players to respond and go away from home in the, in the Cup and, and, and win that game in, in Steve Gartland's memory was fantastic so we wish Mayfield all the best in the final and uh, you know, God bless, bless Steve Gartland and his family We will now turn our attentions to the North West Men's League there was plenty of action on Saturday the 20th of August. We'll start in Division 1 where Folly Lane were playing Bamber Bridge. As we said, Folly Lane had some really good victories in the last few weeks, but they went down agonisingly 32 points to 28 at home in that first division match. They're still a point behind at Goldborn Parkside in third place, so Folly currently fourth in the table. Uh, division 2 results, Berry Broncos 10, Pilkington Rex A13, Lee East A23, Manchester Rangers 16, Oldham St Anne's A28, Lee Miners A50, and the Blackpool Scorpions 32, Rochdale Mayfield A32. Moving on to Division 4, it was Bolton Mets 30, Berry Broncos A16, Manchester Rangers A6, Caddy's Head Rhinos 50, so another great win for the Caddy's Head Rhinos. Rochdale Cobras against Eccleston Lions was postponed, and a brilliant win for Little Hulton Reds. They beat West Horton Lions by 24 points to 22. And their tries came from Aidan Heaton, who scored two, Chris Gaffney got two, Dan Jones got one, and Aaron Bell got one. There was no conversion, so six tries there for the Little Hulton Reds, and a brilliant victory away from home for Little Hulton Reds. So that leaves them in, currently in the table, fifth in Division 4, just a, a place behind Rochdale Cobras, who have got a better points difference, and just one point behind third place West Horton Lions. So it was a great victory to beat West Horton Lions, and now catching them up, and they've got a real good chance of finishing in, in the top three. Of, uh, of Division 4 so the rest of the standings in Division 1 Folly Lane are 4th in the table a point behind the 3rd place Goldborn Park so Berry Broncos are at 2nd place in Division 2 the bottom 3 in Division 2 is Oldham St Anne's bottom Manchester Rangers 2nd bottom and Rochdale Mayfield a 3rd bottom Lang with the Reds currently lie 5th in Division 5 and the rest of Division 4 Rochdale Cobras are 4th Little Hutton Reds as we said were 5th Manchester Rangers a 7th Caddy's Head Rhinos 8th and Berry Broncos a uh, in ninth place there's not many fixtures this weekend in the North West Men's League due to the Challenge Cup final being played on Saturday between Warrington and Hull but the fixtures we've got a couple of midweek ones uh, Berry Broncos A play Rochdale Cobras and that's on Wednesday night the 24th of August that's in Division 4 and on Friday the 26th of August Friday night Division 2 Holt and Farnworth Hornets play Rochdale Mayfield A there was one result to bring you in the Women's League the Super Sixes, this was on uh, Sunday the 21st of August. Lindley Swifts 24, Rochdale Hornets 0. And moving on now finally to the North West Youth League. There is no fixtures this weekend, as we said before, due to the Challenge Cup final. But we've got a couple of results from the weekend just gone. In the under-18s, Premier 2, Saddleworth 6, Lee Miners 17. In Division 2 of the under-16s, it was Saddleworth against Dalton was postponed. But a brilliant win for Salford, under-16s. They beat Telford by 50 points to 16. And there was a great win for Folly Lane as well in Division 3 of the under-16s. They beat Actrington by 8 points to 6. So that's it from me this week on the Amateur Report. I'll catch you next week. Cheers for that, Paul. So now it's Challenge Cup weekend, and what we'll do, have a quick look at the game, Warrington and Hull FC. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So, Challenge Cup final on Saturday, Hull FC, the Warrington Wolves, Paul. 
it's a massive game in our sport, and you know what? I'm looking looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it on Saturday. I think uh, just been looking at the, the teams and that today, reading me League Express, and you can't really split them, can you? The the, the two very very evenly matched sides, and I just hope it's better than last season. It was a bit of a bit of a one sided final last year between Leeds and Old Kingston Rovers. So I'm really looking forward to it. I don't think this one will be. I think it'll be really tight. This, and I don't think there'll be much in it. Yeah, uh, all FC's uh, sort of Challenge Cup. Uh, history at, at Wembley Park isn't isn't the greatest. You, you think it's going to be a bit, you know a bit of pressure on them, uh, you know coming into the game. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, you know, it's huge pressure for both teams, um, and they've both been to you know to cup finals in recent years. Obviously, you know, different sort of ends of the spectrum when it comes to results. Um, but I've got to say, I mean, a whole I've been in uh, it, within my lifetime the, the, the finals I've seen. Um, you know, so they do. They do kind of entertain. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be an absolute belter, I think. Like like Paul says, you can't really separate them. Warrington have that that thing in the cup, and Hull had a great year. And you you wonder how much is left in them. And you look at that squad, and you think, well, there's plenty in there. Um, I, I think it's gonna be, you know, a real ding dong. But I don't. I can't imagine there being too many points scored. So I think both defenses will be, you know, right at it from from the kickoff, um, and I think you know you, you're probably you, you're looking at probably two or three tries per team at most. I would have thought. Yeah, it's going to be a you know a really good contest. Uh, Warrington, uh, Paul, you know they always say it's their year, uh, but in the cup they are, they do have a quite a good you know cup record in, in recent years. Anyway, do you think that could happen? Could help them in in this contest? Yeah, certainly. Won it like three times, haven't they? I think in the last sort of five or six years, haven't they? And they've done really well. So, uh, I, I'm, to be honest, I'd like Warrington to win. I prefer Warrington to, to all anyway. I don't really mind Warrington as a club. Um, and if they, they were to win, I'd like to see, you know, Stefan Ratchford get the uh, Lansford Trophy. And if all was to win it, I'd like to see Mark Sneak get the Lansford Trophy because uh, I like both the players, you know, being ex-Salford players. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I just don't think, I don't think there'll be many points in it like Park. He said, I think it'd be like an 18-16 or something like that. And, That'd be brilliant. That's something like hopefully sixteen all an extra time <laughs> and uh, a bit 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 longer. But um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be a great game. Do you have Do you have a preferred option, Parky, on who who wins on Saturday? Um, I, well, I'm the opposite camp to, to Paul. There, I, I want FC to win. Um, mainly mainly so they can you know probably break that duck and get, you know finally win at Wembley and. I'd like to say Warrington have had great success in the last few years. Um, well, in, in recent times anyway. I think. And they won they won it three times and or something like that and and they've been in so many semi finals as well, um, but I just I just fancy whole you know I'd like to see uh, just a, you know a different name again on on the trophy and um, you know people like Scott Taylor as well who was you know magnificent for us um, in in his short stay. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, pick it up and uh, and he'd he'd be my uh, option if I could. For the Lance Todd, yeah, obviously you know we've got a split decision on the on the podcast um, this week. Personally, um, I'm I really hoping that Hull FC win. Um, we they were in the Challenge Cup. They beat Leeds. Did they beat Leeds at, um, in Cardiff? Cardiff, yeah. Uh, I, I went I went to watch that game and um, was it Paul Cook went over under the post yeah. towards the end to win it, and I was kind of like underneath the the sort of the whole fans are on the top tier. Look, unbelievable that. Uh, so I've always been a kind of a soft spot since Hull, mm. you know, since then uh, for Hull FC. 
so I'm I'm hoping for a Hull FC. We're not like you said with Snide, uh, Sneed uh, and Taylor X Reds as well. Um, you know, really hoping both. Obviously, Sneed never got his opportunity did he? at Salford, but Taylor put a big effort in last season, and you know, Paul, he, he, he gets a win the Challenge Cup this season. It's a bit of a reward for a minute, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you sort of changed my mind a bit there. I'm oh, just thinking back about Warrington. I remember when they beat us. When Alan Hunt scored late on in the quarters in about the year 2000 at the Willows, and yeah. that's a, something that sticks in my memory. So, yeah, I've changed my mind. I want all to win. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, I just hope it's a good game. And yeah, like, like Paggy says, you know, Scott Taylor was brilliant for us, wasn't he? And it'd be nice to see him, you know, maybe score a try or the winning try. Or, same with Sneed and, and Ratchford as well, all ex players who did did well for us. And uh, I know Matt Sneed didn't get massive opportunities over, but when he did play, I always thought he was. You know, real had real potential, and I was really disappointed when we 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 sent him out on loan to Castleford. But that's another story. Yeah, so we're all behind the LFC boys um, at Wembley on Saturday. Let's hope that Old Faithful's ringing around uh, Wembley Stadium on on Saturday after a, after their first win. Sorry, at the uh, at the new Wembley. So that's the end of a, a podcast. Uh, Paul uh, enjoyed this one. Quite an emotional one, really. You know, after after what happened on Friday. Yeah, definitely. Like I said before, it took me a couple of days to. So I get over it, but what you do, don't you? You forgive them and you know you're going to be there the next week, aren't you? Cheering them on again. And I feel a bit better now I spoke to you guys anyway, like like the Samaritans, you've, you've calmed me down. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for a week on Friday now to get behind them at, at Leeds over there and loud and proud as usual. Yeah, thanks for thanks for turning up, turning you know up on the podcast late, late last minute, Parker, uh, and putting oh. some good points across. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad I missed the. Uh... All the whole KR talk, to be honest, because uh, I don't think my therapist would have been very happy with me um, <laughs> going through all that. It only dragged me down. No, you know, it's just, you know, things things like last week. I mean, I, I got a text today off a guy who I didn't even know he had my number, to be honest. When it came through, I was like, who the hell is this? Yeah. Um, and when it came through, I sort of I worked out who it was by, by something he said. But he said he spotted me on Friday uh, after the game. But he didn't want to come over because I looked devastated, and and I, and I was. I mean, I missed the last two games because of my order, and I thought, you know, I was really up for it. And I thought it's okay, huh? they're not, they're not, no great shakes. We need to bounce back from from the league game, and it, it it felt like. Remember the week after the Bradford massacre? Yeah. And we went away to Wakefield, and the club was yeah. saying, "Oh, it's what happened again." And Wakefield did a number on us, yeah. and it, it felt like that. There's just a double kick in the stomach that you don't need, and. It does, it hurts, doesn't it, as a fan? That's, that's the, the, the problem. No matter how much you try and distance yourself, you wake up on the day after or a few days after and it's still there. It's, it's just it's like an ache. Yeah, it shows how, how passionate we are, you know what I mean, and, and how emotionally, you know, what it means to us, Parky, that, you know, deep down we do get quite upset about it when, when you know, when things don't go right. Um, and, you know, we are a passionate bunch and it, and it shows in, the, in our podcast, doesn't it, in a way? Oh, I mean, without a doubt, you know, it, it hurts, doesn't it, to, a, to a, a true fan, somebody, you know, you feel it in you. It's like, it's part of, it feels part of your family, you know, and what, you get let down, and but it's always yours, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's still yours no matter what happens there. Um, last week, you know, disappointing, but we've got to put a, draw a line under that now and, Stick together and, and go forward. Uh, no, it's it's always good, always a pleasure uh, chatting to you lads. And uh, you know, let's hope we get on uh, again soon. Yeah, I agree with that, Parker. It's all about both players and fans sticking together in crisis moments like this, um, and you know, taking the best step forward and, and approaching the games to come. 
in a positive mental attitude and, and, and you know, getting the wins and hopefully securing our Super League status for next year. So thanks for tuning into this week's Devil in the Detail. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITD, SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and League Cast app. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>